and welcome back to Our American Queen. I'm Erin. And I'm Emily. And this week we're going to be talking about some of Taylor's controversial songs. In picking the songs for this, we looked at ones that, you know, just the fandom in general didn't like, or songs that have problematic elements to them, or songs that got media backlash. So yeah, I think it'll be a fun episode. Um, And then... Tying in with that, I think that a lot of these songs did affect Taylor's reputation in a lot of ways, so we'll definitely get into that as we talk about the songs, and yeah, I think it'll be a really good episode. Yeah, and we were definitely inspired by our New York episode. I forget what the title was, but that was released a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. You should go listen to it, but we talked about Welcome to New York at length in that episode, and the controversy that surrounded that song, and we were inspired by that and realized that's definitely not the only song that had controversy like that surrounding it. What were the other songs, and why don't we talk about those, too? Yeah, and we have a lot of songs, but in this episode we'll only do, I think, five. So hopefully people like this and we'll do more in the future because we do have more songs. So let's start out with, like, the... um, more fun ones that don't have, like, actual societal consequences. So let's start off with me. Yes, me, obviously, was the lead single off of Lover, and people had a lot of thoughts about it. Yes, they did. Um, Taylor, leading up to the release of me, did a huge countdown, and there was all this stuff, like, there's a countdown on her website, I think there's billboards in Times Square with the countdown, so it was a huge deal, and then before that, she had been posting on Instagram a lot of Easter eggs, and people knew something was coming, so I think that definitely heightened the hype of the song. Yeah. And people were expecting this huge song, but it kind of fell flat in the public eye. Right. A lot of people thought that it was very childish and it didn't have very deep meaning and it was elementary and just stupid and annoying were some of the terms thrown around about the song. And again, like you said, there was a lot of hype built around it. And I guess people were expecting something completely different than what the song was, which was not some look what you made me do kind of song, but just a very happy, carefree song that people, I think, personally took a little bit too seriously. Yeah, I think people didn't like this song mostly because, like you said, they thought it was immature because at this point Taylor was 30, right? If she wasn't 30, she was just about to be, yeah. Yeah, so people were like, oh, well, Taylor's 30. She needs to grow up. She needs to actually write songs that relate to her age group. And then a lot of people um, actually accused her, as I did research for this, they accused her of just writing a song that would be at the top of the charts. She doesn't care about her artistry anymore. This song was just crafted to be number one on the Hot 100, like... So that was another element of it, too. Yeah, and I think for me personally, when I first heard this song, I thought it was cute and I liked it. I I don't know, maybe I'm a unique kind of person, but I was not expecting some deep, like, 
critique of life, I don't know, from this <laughs> song. I just was expecting a fun song. Taylor's lead singles typically are sort of like this. They don't necessarily represent the album as a whole. They tend to be a little bit more catchy, as me is. So that's kind of what I was expecting, and that's what we got. And I thought it was cute, and I liked it. I listened to it a lot. I thought it was fun. You can just you could just look at Taylor's Instagram at the time and know that it wasn't going to be some like dark thing like she just was posting all pastel and like sparkles and rainbows and all that and then the day of the release of me she went to that mural and it was all pastel and like obviously wasn't going to be some dark song. Yeah. And it's definitely not a favorite of mine. I'm not in love with the song. I'm not obsessed with it. I really don't listen to it very much anymore, but I don't hate it. I think it's fine. Yeah, I think it's fine too. And I really did like it when it first came out. Yeah, me too. And I think the scene in Miss Americana with Brendan Urie when they're uh, recording the song and talking about the music video, that I think made a lot of people feel really bad about hating the (laughs) song because it's so evident that Taylor absolutely loved it and was so excited for it and they were jumping around and smiling and laughing and I think the intent of the song was actually really sweet it was just to me I think it was more meant for younger people honestly just like encouraging them to be happy with their individuality yeah and of course we can't discount the fact that she had to take a hard turn from reputation yeah so she needed something to get away from that persona and she wanted to go back to the way that she had been in the past so she needed a song like me to reintroduce herself to the public as taylor swift again yeah and i kind of view me as very similar to shake it off oh yeah because they're they're both kind of, I don't know if I want to call them anthems, but I think that was the intention that they would be anthems. Like you would say, I'm just going to shake off all the haters or I'm going to be happy that I'm me. I'm the only one of me. I'm unique, all that kind of stuff. And I think that's sweet. And I think that Taylor's still very aware of the fact that she has a lot of young fans. And this was... I believe, geared toward them rather than Folklore and Evermore, which are obviously geared toward older fans. Also, it's important to mention the inclusion and then deletion of the line, hey kids, spelling is fun, a line that will live in infamy. Yes. uh, In an interview with Hit.com, Taylor defended that lyric, hey kids, spelling is fun, as a, quote, tone decision, and she said... So the lyrics, that's a tone decision that we made in the studio. We literally were like, okay, let's say, hey kids, spelling is fun because we want everyone to know that this song is not really serious because it's not like a serious love song. That just says it all right there. I personally like the song better with that line in. Yeah. I don't like the album version where it's taken out and I truly do not think she should have taken it out. I think that just made it worse, you know? It drew more attention to it, and then it made people make fun of it even more. Yeah, I think she should have just stuck with it, left it in, critics be damned, just leave it. It's cute, it's fun. 
And back to my earlier point, this was just another point I wanted to make. Her lead singles are, I believe they're geared toward the general public. Definitely. They're not geared toward her fans specifically. So a song like me, I think her in her mind probably was going to be a little bit more um, accessible for people who aren't necessarily her fans. Yeah, it's definitely along the same vein as, like, Shake It Off. Um, yeah. Just, like you said, that anthemic thing. Do I think she thought it would be better received than it was? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I think she was very proud of it, and she thought it was, like, this huge, like, show-stopping thing, and it just kind of fell flat amongst yeah. the general public, at least. But you know what? You can't win them all. You can't win them all. So I think it was fine. Definitely not her best song. I think we can all agree on that. But I don't think it deserves the hate it gets. People hate it. Yeah. I well, don't hate it. A lot of people believe it's just a popular opinion that um, Cruel Summer should have been the first single of Lover. Yeah. Which would have been cool, but I don't know. I'm sure there are other considerations that go into it. Like, I believe I've read people's theories that she couldn't choose Cruel Summer because the lead single is one that she has to perform all the time, and Cruel Summer would be very difficult to perform, like, again and again and again, because it's got those really high notes, and it's... I mean, she's never even performed it live to this day, so... And I kind of like it just being, um, like, how the fans kind of own it right now. You know, like, the Mm -hmm. general public doesn't really know it, and it's just a thing amongst the fans, so I like that. But let's not discount the amazing performances that Taylor did of me right after it was released at the Billboard Awards and at the Voice finale. So good. Yes. Just the aesthetics were on point. She definitely had a lot of fun with it, which is good. So basically, we'll wrap up each song by just saying how we think it affected Taylor's reputation. And for this one, I'm just going to say, I don't really think it did that much. Mm-hmm. However, it did cast her in a immature light, kind of, with the general public. And I think people were kind of like, oh, Taylor's so immature. Here we go again. Like, Yeah, I think, for in my opinion, it was only temporary because obviously you had me, then You Need to Calm Down came next, right? And that one had way more backlash. Yeah, well, aside from that one, so... If the effect of me was making the general public think Taylor was very immature, casting aside you need to calm down for right now, then Lover came out at the end before the album came out. And I think that reestablished her like, oh, you know, me was a one-off. She is a very talented songwriter. Like, she's not immature. This is who she really is. And I think it was probably just temporary. Lover is such a good song. Yeah, personally, I think that would have been a good lead single, but that's a conversation for another episode. It's just funny to me that Me is on the same album as False God. Yeah. But (laughs) it is funny. Lover is definitely a mixed bag. It definitely is a mixed (laughs) bag. Actually, let's go with another song from Lover that got a little bit of backlash. All right. We are going to be talking about the song London Boy. Woohoo. This one, I don't know. It kind of slipped under the radar for me. I didn't really know about the backlash until recently. Oh, I did. I remember seeing it. Okay. Well, it was kind of a social media thing more. Well, some media 
places did pick up on it, but it was more of a social media thing, like on Twitter. So the biggest thing with London Boy is that people who live in London mocked Taylor because they said that the song is completely unrealistic. She travels too many places in one day. They said no one enjoys walking Camden Market in the afternoon. Friends don't make friends go to the West End. And it just made them question whether Taylor's actually ever been to London and how familiar she is with it. This all comes from an article from The New Yorker by Rebecca Mead called With London Boy, The English Delight in Some Fine Mockery of Taylor Swift. So, yeah, let's discuss that. (laughs) With London Boy, I don't think this was meant to be a serious song either. I think that the song is meant to poke fun at Taylor herself. Like she wrote it to poke fun at she wrote it to poke fun at herself, saying that she's dated London boys in quotes like Harry Styles, Tom Hiddleston, and now Joe. You know I love a London boy, and this is just complete satire, not meant to be taken seriously at all. That's my opinion. And then even at the end of the article, the author kind of confesses. She's like, well maybe you know, she just rhymed Hackney with Louis V. Maybe it wasn't that deep and she just needed a rhyme. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, so that is the way it was, I believe, that Taylor just chose places in London that had rhymes. Yep. I think that with me and London Boy, the backlash, I don't even know if you would call it backlash, but the discussion and the controversy, I guess, for lack of a better word. It basically stems from people taking two songs way more seriously than they were meant to be taken. Yeah, I definitely think this song is... It really is basically Welcome to New York 2.0 in Pretty the much, fact yeah. that <laughs> um, like English people were saying that Taylor didn't know what she was talking about when it comes to London. She has no idea... You know, she's privileged, she only goes to these places, blah, 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 blah. Yep, pretty much. It's same thing, different city. (laughs) So I personally love the song London Boy. I think it's very fun and catchy. I remember when it came out, um, just like with me, people were saying it was super immature and, you know, you know how it goes. Yeah, I like it. I I remember, I think it was my favorite. It was. When Lover came out. I I loved it. You still do. And I was, like, shocked that other people didn't like it, but... It's so catchy and fun. That's what I don't understand. Just take a fun and catchy song for what it is. The bridge is so fun. You don't always need to think so deep into it. It's a harmless song. You don't need to think about the social and political ramifications of London Boy. It's fine. (laughs) Just enjoy it. (laughs) But again, in terms of her reputation, I don't think this really made a mark at all I think it was more of just a Twitter thing yeah um but it's kind of the same thing as me she's immature she's clueless you know privileged yeah stupid yeah pretty much (laughs) I yeah I don't think this one made a huge splash but it is kind of fun to talk about yeah I think it I don't know I think it was a lot of people on Twitter just having fun about it but at the same time it was kind of annoying but I'll let them have their fun. Yeah, it just kind of furthers the idea that people think she's stupid and clueless, like you said. But anyway. Okay. 
Let's get on to the crown jewel of this episode. Better Than Revenge. Yes. This one is probably her most controversial of all. Yeah, I would say that's probably true. So, have you ever seen the TikToks where it's like, I turn off my feminism for like four minutes to listen to Better Than Revenge? Yes, you've shown them to, you've shown them to me, so. <laughs> They're funny. But that's kind of the vibe of this song. Like, I actually, when I, back back in the day, when I got a Speak Now CD, I always listened to this one in the car. It was just, like, really fun to sing to, and it's just kind of a bop. However, there are some downsides to it. And society at large does not like this song, and they always use it against Taylor, even to this day. Okay, so this is an article from Vice called... From 2012, so it was old, but... Yes, it's, like, around the time that Speak Now came out, right? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Here's why Taylor Swift will never be called a W by Mish Way. And this author writes, When I read the lyrics for Better Than Revenge, I want to throw a copy of Lenora Tannenbaum's slut at Swift's head hard enough to knock some sense into her pea brain. If this isn't considered slut-shaming, I don't know what is. Throughout the song, Swift pegs the blame for her boyfriend leaving her for a nameless actress. This does two things. It eliminates the boyfriend's agency. After all, he had no part in this since this mattress-rocking slut seduced him with her evilness and also gives the listener front-row seats to a vicious girl-on-girl catfight. I do admit that line is not good. (laughs) And... (laughs) I will not defend it, and I am absolutely 100% sure that Taylor would not defend it. Yeah. Well, later on, Taylor said about this song, I was 17 when I wrote that. That's the age you are when you think someone can actually take your boyfriend. Then you grow up and realize no one takes someone from you if they don't want to leave. Exactly. So she was literally 17 when she wrote it. I think, personally, the song encapsulates what a 17-year-old would be thinking and feeling. You know, maybe it is mean girly, but I think it definitely captures that emotion. I do want to just point out the, I guess I'll say hypocrisy of the author of that article I read previously, criticizing Taylor and her feminism, but yet calling Taylor's brain a pea brain. Um, You know, I noticed that too, and it wasn't good. (laughs) She kind of... I don't know. To me, she loses her credibility when she says that. But I do think what she says is true. I just, they had to get that little dig in there, didn't they? Definitely. I totally feel the same way. I think that what the author says is completely true in the fact that, number one, Taylor doesn't acknowledge what, let's be honest, what Joe Jonas, (laughs) what Joe Jonas did. It's all about the girl. Um... And she does deprive her of any, she deprives her boyfriend of any agency. Mm-hmm. But didn't Taylor just talk about this recently in the Long Pond for August? I think she did. She yeah. was talking about how the boyfriend does have agency and it's his fault. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and it's um, men's fault. <laughs> yeah, I, the song obviously is not the best, but I do think Taylor's career is kind of interesting because now that she's older, she's so much older, older and, and wiser. wiser. <laughs> um, I literally was about to say you this. can 
sort of view all of her songs and see how she's changed and evolved and grown, which I think is really cool and nice to see. Like you said, I don't think she would write a song like this now. I feel pretty confident (laughs) saying that. And I'm interested to see what she will do with this song when it comes time to do the re-records. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Because it's like you want to have integrity with your music and stand by it. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she will do, like, a rewrite of it where it's sort of similar, but... Instead of saying she's better known for the things that she does on the mattress, maybe she'll change that lyric to be, like, something about the guy instead. I don't know. That lyric is just straight up bad. I would Um, say she'll at least not say that lyric in the song. And then, lastly, the author says that it's a girl-on-girl catfight, which we talked about how um, the media loves that in our Katy Perry episode, Mm -hmm. how they love to pit women against each other. And it is kind of unfortunate that with this song, Taylor just continued to do that. And she basically outed Camila Bell, I think her name is, by saying she's an actress. And the song just lines up with the timeline of Joe and Taylor's relationship. So it wasn't cool that she did that and outed her and made her feel bad. Yeah, but you know... I think it's important to note that she was 17. That's very young. And it seems like she has learned since then. And at the time, you know, when this article is written, I think it is totally legit to say all these things. But I'm glad that since then, Taylor has grown and we believe would not write a song like this again. Yeah. And just quickly, how do we think that this affected Taylor's reputation? Yeah, that's an interesting one because I feel like the general public is not as aware of this song as they are others. So I'm not sure if it really affects her reputation at large, but in terms of how it affects her reputation with her fans, maybe. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Her fans are aware that now, you know, she wouldn't write something like this. And it's sort of like a little bit of a stain, but not that much. I don't know. What do you think? In doing research for this podcast, I've come across a lot of hit pieces about Taylor. And you can rest assured that it is pretty much mentioned in every single one. As a way to cast her as, like, not feminist and just horrible and vindictive and I think that's just the way that it's viewed like she's catty she loves to get into a feud she just loves to feed into drama yeah Hmm. yeah I guess that's I didn't really think about it that way but yeah I guess it would be used to discredit her because the media wrote a lot of articles about her versus Camilla or whatever her name is Hmm. who dated Joe Jonas after Taylor and it was, like, a big thing, so. Oh, yeah, and I also forgot about that aspect that it's about Joe Jonas and Yeah, so, of course, they were going to pounce on that. So, yeah, I guess you're right. Okay, well, in that case, I think it, like I said, is probably affecting her reputation in the sense that people use it to discredit everything 
good she's ever done. And discredit her feminism yeah. moving forward from that point. Yep, and speaking of feminism, <laughs> let's go into our next song, The Man. Yes. Which was just relevant last February. Mm-hmm. We were still in the lover era of February 2020. We were still in the lover era June 2020. It has not yet been a year since the man music video has come out. Let that sink in. That's unbelievable. But anyway, a lot of people do not like this song. Even fans of Taylor. I don't like this song. Yeah. Tell us why you don't like this song. Yeah, well, I think the article we picked for this says it well, but I'll say it in my own words first. I appreciate... Uh, Taylor's points in the song, but I think if she had used those points in a way where she's describing other women, not herself, it would have been a little bit better because honestly, how can Taylor sit there and say like, if I was a man, I'd be more successful when she's one of the most successful people in the world, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want to discredit her life experience and the way that she writes about her life experience because I am absolutely 100% sure she has experienced tons and tons of sexism and misogyny in the music industry, but I do see that point of it. Yeah, and let me read some of the quotes from this article because I actually did see it, I believe, when the song first came out and I was reading it. I was like, hey, these are good points. Uh, So this is a USA Today article by Haley Smith. And the title is, Dear Taylor Swift, You Are Not a Victim, So Stop Acting Like One. I'm very sick of these kind of titles where (laughs) the word victim is always tied to Taylor and that's an old story. But anyway, I think the points she makes in the article are good. Uh, So the article says, They'd say I hustled, put in the work. Taylor sings with indignant. But in a September 2017 article for Forbes, Joe Harpaz wrote, Swift deserved to be on the list of modern-day disruptive business geniuses. What I was wearing, if I was rude, could all be separated from my good ideas and power moves. In an article last month for Vogue, Michelle Ruiz, Ruiz, Michelle Ruiz applauded Swift's decision to defy big machine records and re-record her old songs, calling it the ultimate power move. I'd be a fearless leader. In 2015, Swift ended up on number six, on Fortune's list of the world's greatest leaders. If anything, Taylor Swift's gender has not been a hindrance to her, it has been an asset. Her incredibly successful brand is uniquely feminine. Part of Swift's appeal is her unabashed femininity. I think this article does make a good point, but at the same time, it's definitely cherry-picking. Most people in the media do not view Taylor this way. Yeah, and I agree with that. As I was reading the quotes... I was thinking, yes, Taylor has had great success and she has made it to these incredible milestones and her career has been record-breaking in every sense of the word. But I guess the point of the song is wondering if it would have been easier if she was a man. And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. This song is definitely complicated. I've seen a lot of people say it has a girl boss, like, hashtag girl boss kind of feminism, very, like, shallow um, understanding of feminism, which I can see. Like, I saw people wish that she could have addressed more real-world issues instead of, like, flashing my dollars and, like, mm-hmm. all of that. Um, 
and kind of made it more relatable to the average person. Yeah, and that's what I was saying is that I don't think this song is really effective because, like I said, I I wish the song could have been about the struggles that women just in everyday life face. But I guess maybe she can't do that because she's not really, she hasn't experienced that. Yeah. Oh, another point I was going to make about this song is that I think the article we just read sort of points this out, but I'll say it again in my own words. If Taylor was a man, I don't think she would be successful at all. Like the article says, she is very successful because she's a woman, you know? Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, you have Shawn Mendes and Ed Sheeran wearing white t-shirts and jeans to their concerts and selling out stadiums. Ed Sheeran had the highest grossing tour of all time. I don't know, but I feel like Taylor's brand is all about femininity, like she said. I don't know. (laughs) I think we disagree there. Yeah, I truly don't know. Um, Again, for me, I'm just saying, like, this one isn't too deep either. I think kind of along the lines of me and London Boy, she just wanted to write a song that would empower women um, and just empower people in general. And... Yeah, I think she, there isn't anything political in it, really. I mean, obviously feminism is political, but Mm -hmm. it's more about herself as a celebrity, and then that's kind of reflected in the music video, too. Yeah, that's true. I think a better song of Taylor's that's kind of trying to tackle these same issues is Mad Woman on Folklore. I like that one a lot more because I do think that song is more relatable to all women Mm -hmm. because, yes, it's about her and Scooter, okay, but you can take that out of the song still and you can think about how it affects your life and relate to it personally. And I do think now that I said that, that might be the man's downfall is it's one of Probably the only songs of Taylor's where you can't really take her out of it and think about how it affects your life. Yeah, I could definitely see that. However, it was absolutely iconic the way she opened her performance at the... what Which awards was that? AMAs? Yeah, the that American Music Awards. I did really like that. <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah, so I don't know. This is definitely not my favorite of her songs. and This is one where I can understand some of the again I don't know if backlash is the right word but I guess I'll just say backlash for lack of a better word a lot of people did not like the song once she made it a single because they didn't know about it until she made it a single um yeah I do not think it was a good single oh no because (laughs) I think it cast her again in like a privileged light Mm -hmm. with the general public they're like oh what does she have to worry about you know? Yeah. So in terms of how it affected her reputation, I would probably agree with that. And I think it kind of took her back to like the 1989 era when she was sort of following like the <laughs> the Lena Dunham school of feminism. <laughs> um, anyway, so I do think, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I do like the line when everyone believes you. What's that like? 
because mm-hmm. I think that she has faced that kind of thing, and every woman has. So. Yeah, there are definitely good lines, good lyrics in that song, but overall, I feel like she could have made the same points, but in a better way. But that's okay. You know, she's not going to, like we said, it's going to be hit or miss. Not every single song of hers is going to be something that we like or that hits the mark in every way. I think also in the future, she'll continue to write songs about feminism. So hopefully they get better from here. Yeah, and they did. I mean, Mad Woman, I think, is a lot better. That's my own opinion. I like that one better. I agree. Okay, let's go on to our last song. This one, I think, will take a little bit more to unpack. Um, It is You Belong With Me. Another song that Taylor wrote when she was very young. (laughs) Very, very young. An oldie, but a goodie. So the main complaint with this song that I saw while I was doing my research is that people say that Taylor was like, I'm not like the other girls. Mm-hmm. I am going to be edgy and not basic, like the popular girl. Yeah, I... Okay. So I completely disagree with everything that everyone says about this song. Not everyone. Okay. A small, small. Okay, well, not everyone. I'm sorry. I part disagree with every criticism that we're going to talk about, I think. Um, we know that Taylor, when she was young... Before she got famous, she was, in her own words, kind of an outcast. She viewed herself as a loser. Uh, She didn't have a lot of friends. She was kind of like the nerdy girl. So why would we not think that with this song, she's sort of thinking about that experience, you know? I agree with that. And also, we can look at a song like Treat You Better by Mm -hmm. Shawn Mendes, which is kind of used to show the male version of this kind of song and that song's really creepy to me um it's as they call it quote pick me song Mm -hmm. where you're like oh this person isn't good for you I'm good for you I'm the nice girl I'm the nice guy and that just kind of falls into the nice guy trope which basically Taylor used but it's like the nice girl trope and a lot of people believe that if you Belong With Me was sung by a male artist, it would be way creepier and it wouldn't have been received as well to the general public, which I could see. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. But also, like, this was a song written by a 16-year-old girl. So I feel like that's really not a fair comparison. Like, oh, if this was sung by, like, a 20-year-old guy, it would be different. Well, yeah, it would be different because a 16-year-old girl is very different from a 20-year-old guy. I just think the song in general, at least at my age, listening to this as a child and as a teenager, I think this song was relatable to most people that listen... Well, most girls at that age that listen to it. Well, everyone basically. Yeah. Everyone that listened to it when they were younger, just because most, let's face it, like most people aren't popular and Mm -hmm. most people are just either like nerds or whatever or average. Um, and just like are just normal people. And I think that is relatable to a lot of people that age just being 
normal. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and it's also fits into like the friends to lovers trope, which come on, everyone loves that trope. Like I've read books in the past about that. Like there's a guy and a girl and they're best friends and they know each other so well, but the guy has this girlfriend and the friend, oh gosh, she's not right for him. I can see it so clearly. Why can't he see it? And I feel like it's just that in a song. And throughout the song, I think that Taylor just kind of shows herself in the light of being a quote-unquote nerd or quote-unquote loser. I wouldn't call her that, but I think that's what she's going for Mm -hmm. Um, in the fact that she's like, I wear jeans and sneakers and I'm on the bleachers. And I, this is just getting into another part of the criticism for the song, which is Mm slut-shaming in the line, she wears short skirts, I wear t-shirts, and she wears high heels, I wear sneakers. I'm on the bleachers, isn't it? She wears high heels. I don't know, whatever. Okay. Um, So, I, as a child, didn't take it that way. That's looking for something that's absolutely not there. When I hear the lyric, she wears short skirts, I wear t-shirts, what I've always thought and what I am absolutely certain Taylor meant by that is she's very fashionable. She rocks her short skirt i'm a loser who's wearing a t-shirt that is i'm sorry that is what i think that she meant and maybe i'm wrong but i don't think i am that's a good opinion i think i fall more to your side as well um however i do believe that this song was used and promoted and made a single to further push taylor's reputation as a nice girl and mm-hmm. as America's sweetheart, and as a relatable pop star, in the fact that she's showing how different she is than this other girl who's with the guy that she likes, and she is saying that, oh, I'm an all-American girl, I'm, you know, she's over there, and she's unattainable, and I'm here, and you can relate to me. Yeah. Which there's nothing wrong with that, but I think that was definitely the intent. I agree, because now Taylor's the other girl in that song. She's the one wearing the skirts and the high heels. What do you mean? I mean, she grew up and she got famous, and now she's the popular girl with the good fashion. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Anything else we want to add about that song? Yeah, I mean, again, this is sort of similar to Better Than Revenge. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with this song. I'll just say that. I think it's a completely innocent, harmless song. That's just my own opinion. So maybe not completely equated with Better Than Revenge, but both of them were written when she was very young, and maybe she would change some things about this song now. I don't know, but... This is a teenage girl's perspective, which will be very different from a 31-year-old's perspective, and it's okay for her to grow up and for her to change her views on certain things, and obviously, Taylor's not going to write a song like You Belong With Me Now. I wonder if she had... I don't even know if she knows that there's any kind of controversy controversy she knows everything i'm sure tree has told her (laughs) oh my god um she still sings a song right yeah on the reputation i mean it's one of her biggest hits so 
But yeah, this is a song, I guess you would say, like, it's a song that was written, like, in the moment. So this is very much a 16-year-old song. Yeah. I think that's fine. And this is a 16-year-old point of view. This is a 16-year-old's mindset. And that's fine, I think. And then how do we think that this affected her reputation? I mean, it's one of her biggest hits. I definitely think it launched her into her superstardom. Even more than Love Story? Uh, I don't know. Which one is considered bigger? Probably Love Story? I don't know. I I was so young when these came out. Like, literally. I remember I always listened to Love Story more than this song. I remember I used to love this video. I would watch it all the time. (laughs) Yeah, we were literally so I know, I was really young. So Um, I can't really speak to the reaction then, because I was, like... (laughs) I don't think there was any reaction then. I think it was all later on when people wanted to attack. So do you think there is slut-shaming in this song? No, I don't. Do you? Um, I don't think so. I think maybe it could be seen as that, but I think ultimately she wanted to just draw a distinction between herself as the quote loser and then the other girl as the quote popular girl that's just what it comes down to maybe a better lyric for the re-recordings would be she wears cute skirts i wear (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts then you know then the the mystery is taken out and you know exactly what she means do i think that she could have said something other than short skirts yes and i think it would have made the song better but i don't think In my personal opinion, in our opinion, we don't think that that lyric is meant to be read as slut-shaming. Yeah, and I absolutely never took it that way. However, she's better known for the things that she does on the mattress (laughs) is absolute slut-shaming and bad. Yeah. But this one, I don't think is. Maybe it is, but I don't think so. Yeah. And like I said, maybe in the re-recordings, she wears cute skirts, I wear t-shirts, Everyone's happy. I could see that happen, actually. We know exactly what she means. It's all good. (laughs) Okay, I think that about does it for this episode of going through Taylor's most controversial songs. So we'll probably do a part two at some point in the future because we do have a lot more songs to go through because... I don't know if you knew this, but Taylor actually is a controversial figure, (laughs) and the media really likes to pick apart her every move and her every song. Yes, so there are definitely more songs, some with legitimate backlash, some with, like we have in this episode, me or London Boy, kind of just harmless songs that people decided to get upset about. It's all interesting. It's definitely a spectrum, and... We look forward to maybe continuing this conversation. Yes, you can follow us on Instagram at ouramericanqueenpod, on Twitter, ouramericanqueenpod. You can leave us a review if you would like to. It would be greatly appreciated, and we hope you have a good day. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.